What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, we are going to be discussing all things related to pre- and post-workout nutrition, how to optimize body composition, performance, recovery through pre- and post, not P, not (laughs) P-workout. We want pre- and post-workout nutrition. Um, How do we make the most of it? Is it actually necessary? Should we even care? In what context should we care? And if we do care, how much should we care? So let's break it all down in this episode. But before we do, of course, I have to remind you, got to do my due diligence and remind you to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes if you appreciate the show, if you enjoy the content. And as always, I love to hear your feedback. If you have suggestions, if there's something that you would like me to discuss, well, first of all, we're doing the Q&A episodes every week now, so you can always check out my stories and post your questions there, or just shoot me a DM and hit me up and let me know what's on your mind and what you are curious about. My Instagram handle is at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and I always appreciate it if you enjoy the episode that you take a screenshot as you're listening right now, take that screenshot and then... When you have a minute, hopefully you're not driving when you do this, but you post it to your stories on Instagram, you tag me so that everybody that follows you knows that you are a mind over macros listener. And that's how we continue to spread the good word. All right. So let's talk pre, not P, pre workout and post workout nutrition. When does it matter? Does it matter? So my general disclaimer is that For the most part, most of the time, we should be focusing on the big picture and not getting bogged down on the minutiae like pre and post-workout nutrition. However, that doesn't mean that it's irrelevant and that we shouldn't discuss it. I just like to set the, the frame in that what you do most of the time from a big picture standpoint, what do I mean by that? I mean, the quality of the foods that you're eating how much you're eating, the daily habits that you are doing in terms of activity and exercise, movement, training, sleep, stress management, drinking water, all the stuff, the boring work that nobody wants to talk about, nobody wants to do it, but it's effective. It's the foundational stuff, you know, things like your mindset, your thoughts, your beliefs, your relationship with food, all of the shit that really matters. That should be your focus most of the time. So I need to set that caveat right from the get-go because I don't want you listening to this episode and getting really hyper-focused on what you eat before you train and what you eat after you train and think that that's going to be the biggest difference if you're ignoring all of the other shit that really matters. So let's take care of the big rocks first. Let's build that foundation so that we can actually fine-tune things a little bit with pre- and post-workout nutrition that will give you a slight advantage. But it might not be what you think. Oftentimes in the fitness space, people like to exaggerate. They like to take things to the extreme. So a perfect example of that is you guys have probably heard of the like window of gains in your post-workout window. Like you do a strength training session and 
coaches and trainers and influencers and gurus love to tell you about this post-workout window of opportunity. It's like you are hypersensitive to insulin and there's you know increases in the GLUT4 transport and you're going to take all of the carbs that you ingest and it's going to go straight to your muscles and it's max gains, bro. And it's this magical window. And there's this really cool thing called EPOC, which is excess post-oxygen consumption where your body is in like hyperdrive and you're burning all these extra calories after your workout. And what they're doing is taking a sliver of real science and blowing it out of proportion and missing the bigger picture, which is, yes, after you train, there is an increase in insulin sensitivity in your muscles. There is an increase in the uh, glut for transport in terms of taking carbs and pushing them and shuttling the nutrients to your muscles for recovery. There is such thing as EPOC where you are burning calories after you stop training because you have this oxygen debt that your body is trying to make up for. So it does go into overdrive for a period of time. However, studies and research show that what you do on average, overall, on a daily basis, day to day, matters way more than that little window of opportunity. In other words, if I am under eating, but I'm maximizing that window post-workout, I'm still under eating and that stuff is irrelevant what I'm doing post-workout. If I am missing out on that post-workout window, but I'm eating adequately enough overall, then I'm going to get more out of the muscle building process, the recovery process, the body fat loss process, all of the things that I'm trying to accomplish because of what I'm doing overall in the big picture what I'm eating on average for on a day-to-day basis, weekly averages. So let's not lose sight of what's really important. I still want to have this conversation, but I really want to hammer home the point that just because there's some sliver of science, it doesn't mean that it's the end-all be-all. It's small, it's minor. And we have to have the big rocks taken care of first before we can start to talk about these smaller rocks like pre and post-workout nutrition. So having said that, let's talk about first the objective. What are we trying to accomplish with pre and post-workout nutrition? Because I think when you understand that part of it, it becomes pretty logical as to the best decision for you. And that's also an important point. Everybody's different. So there is not a blanket statement as to what everyone across the board should be doing with their pre-workout nutrition, post-workout nutrition, or even intra during your workout. So let's talk about the objectives. So what are we trying to accomplish with pre-workout before your workout? The most important thing is how do we maximize the training session that's about to happen? That's it. If you just think about it from that perspective, how do I maximize the training session that's about to happen? Well, what do I need in order to maximize a training session? I need energy. I need focus, right? I need motivation. I need intensity. All of these things are important to maximize a training session. 
If I want to get the most out of that session, I want to be at my best, whatever that looks like on that given day. Okay. So I want to have the most amount of energy for that session that is available to me on that given day. I want to have the most amount of focus during my session. I want to be, um, I want to be able to push the intensity so that I can try to get stronger, that I can try to lift heavier weights, right? So all of these things, and it also helps to be, uh, when I say focus, I also mean like drowning out distractions that would prevent you from lifting heavier. And, and a lot of times we ignore that stuff, but being distracted will absolutely impact your ability to get stronger and lift heavier. So maximum energy, maximum focus, maximum intensity. We want all of these things uh, available to us and we want to prime ourselves and set ourselves up for making the most out of that session. Does that mean eating? Does that mean fasting? If that does mean eating, what type of foods are we eating? And here's where individual variance comes into play because for some people, right, going into a workout fasted will actually improve focus and energy and um, your, your ability to bring the intensity to that session for some people. For a lot of people, they go into a workout fasted because of some arbitrary rule that they've set for themselves about when they're allowed, quote unquote, allowed to eat. In other words, an individual that trains first thing in the morning and also is trying to do some form of intermittent fasting might think, well, I can't eat before my workout because that'll break my fast. And the fast is more important than my workout. So I'm just going to skip the pre-workout meal. I'm going to go in, I'm going to train. And then once like noon rolls around or whatever your arbitrary time is, then I'm going to quote unquote eat. You know, that's when I'm quote unquote allowed to eat. <laughs> uh, so what I want people to understand, what I want you to understand is that everybody's different in this regard. Sometimes going in fasted can improve your focus, can improve your energy, your mindset. Those individuals are oftentimes um, individuals who are less sensitive to stress, meaning that they have a higher tolerance for stress. Individuals that have a lower tolerance for stress, keep in mind, training is a stress, being fasted is a stress. So, if an individual is, has a lower tolerance for stress and they're trying to train fasted, that can be a recipe for disaster because you're just accumulating more stress on top of stress. And it doesn't take, like, there's ways to figure this out. It, like, you can understand your personality type and that will help you um, learn about your neurotransmitter balance. Are you somebody who has high levels of serotonin and or GABA? Are you somebody who has low levels? Are you dopamine sensitive? Are you adrenaline sensitive? All of this stuff will help you make the best decision, but there's nothing better than what actually happens and how you actually respond and feel. So if you go into a workout fasted and you find out that your energy levels tank, that you start getting distracted, that you're not able to push strength or, um, you know, kind of progressively overload in your training in terms of lifting heavier weights over time, well, that might be a very obvious red flag that going in fasted is not the best decision for you. If you do go in fasted and you feel more energetic, more focused, 
then that might be an option for you. That might be the way to go. So again, understand what we're trying to accomplish. Nothing more than providing energy, focus, and intensity to make the most out of that session. Of course, that does require a little bit of trial and error. As I said, you can understand your neurotype, your personality type, and make a really strong, educated guess. Most of the time when we work with clients, uh, that's all. We, we start there, right? We start with, okay, what's your neurotype? Um, if you're adrenaline sensitive, sometimes it's a good idea to go and fasted. But again, paying attention to the big picture first, because even somebody that's sensitive to adrenaline, it might feel better going and fasted. Well, if that individual is chronically under eating, then probably not a good idea to combine another stressor on top of the stress that they're already going through. Right. So there's always layers to this. There's always context that's so important to unpack, which is why you'll never hear me make these kind of gross general blanket statements. But I want to, you know, peel back some of these layers so that way you can start to understand for yourself what's the best decision. Okay. So we want to make the most out of the session. For some individuals, going in fasted will accomplish that. For the vast majority of people, I've found that that's not the case. Just Anecdotally speaking, most people feel better going in with food in their system because food is fuel, it's energy, it's providing energy for that session. Now, again, when I say we care more about the big picture, because when it comes to like energy that's readily available, that you're able to pull, um, you know, either that's circulating through the bloodstream or it's, you know, stored that your body will then mobilize because once you um, have that stress of training, there's going to be the increase in cortisol, the increase in adrenaline. One of cortisol's main jobs is to mobilize stored energy so you have energy available to handle that stressor, right? So what you're eating most of the time overall, right? So if you're eating adequately enough, there's going to be more energy available to you for that session. But since we're focusing right now on pre-workout, again, a lot of people feel better because it's giving you that fuel um, to be able to make the most out of that session, to have some energy. Now, what combination of foods? Should we be having a meal? Should we be having a shake? What does that look like? It's a general rule of thumb. The closer you are to your session, the faster um, digesting the, the quote-unquote meal, because it could be a shake, but um, the faster digesting the pre-workout nutrition meal should be um, in terms of like, if I'm about to go in in 30 minutes, probably a good idea to have something that's going to be a little bit quicker absorbing, like a shake versus like a whole meal. If I'm having a meal, I like for that to be about 60 to 90 minutes, just because it doesn't feel great when you're training and you've got the food kind of sloshing around in your stomach. So give yourself a little bit of time. Um, if you're having something closer to your session, um, more liquid would, would probably be the objective there. And then the question comes up, which is, what should be the breakdown of that meal? Should we be looking at, uh, you know, should we be looking at mostly protein and carbs, mostly protein and fats? Should it be a balanced meal? Again, here's where individual variance is so key. For the most part, again, um, if you are somebody who has higher tolerance for stress, like if you know your neurotype, your type 1A or type 1B, typically protein and fats pre-workout is going to be um, optimal. If you are a type 2B, a type 3, typically protein and carbs will be more optimal. And if you're a type 2A, 
it really depends on um, where you're at, like stress wise in your life. So you could kind of go either way. Um, for me personally, I do uh, mostly protein and uh, lower carb, just a little bit of carbs. Um, but again, if I'm under more stress than usual, I'll have a little bit higher carb in my pre-workout. Um, and if I'm, I'm feeling really good, like stress is pretty low, uh, then protein and fats works well uh, for a two way. So, um, but, and that's a, that's a general guideline, obviously playing around with it and seeing what feels great for you. Uh, one of our coaches um, actually experimented with this because she came up in the, typically we hear things in, in the fitness world, like everybody should be eating protein and carbs pre-workout and everybody should be eating protein and carbs post-workout. And so she fell into that school of thought. And then after learning her neurotype that she's a 1B, she started doing protein and fats. Um, she's a CrossFitter. So it was like almost counter to what everybody else was saying and doing and felt a million times better, like instantly felt stronger, was able to lift heavier, was more focused during her sessions, just from that simple change. So it makes a difference. And, and the reason for that is because of the neurological state when you go into your training session. So somebody who is um, more of a type 1A, type 1B, where you have a higher tolerance for stress, typically you need to be amped up to train, to get into that optimal training zone. And it all depends on, on your brain chemistry. So if you are somebody who has a higher tolerance for stress and you need to be amped up, well, protein and fats will favor the increase of dopamine. Dopamine is, is something that excites or amplifies the nervous system. So it, it kind of amps you up to train. Whereas if you have protein and carbs, that's going to favor the increase of serotonin, which is going to calm you down. It's going to bring you down a little bit. So if you're somebody who's higher anxiety, who has a lower tolerance for stress, having protein and carbs pre-workout, that's going to help you get into that optimal training zone because we don't want you to be too amped up because if you're overly amped, that's a bad thing. That can cause injury, burnout, fatigue, um, you know, being under-recovered, not a good place to be. And if you're not amped up enough, you won't have the focus or the motivation to train. You'll be kind of almost like lazy, lethargic, just not really feeling it. You won't be able to push the weights until you get into that optimal training zone. So protein and fats can work really well for some. Protein and carbs can work really well for others. As we get closer to the session, I like to move more towards something that's fast absorbing. Um, you know, so if it's protein and carbs, you know, just throwing a shake together, either with some frozen fruit or cyclic dextrin, something like that. And if it's protein and fats, you could use something like MCT oil if you're doing that in a shake. If you're doing a meal, you know, whatever your preference is, just kind of play around with foods that sit well with you and see how you feel. If it's a protein and fat meal, or if it's a protein and carb meal, like 60 to 90 minutes before, either way, um, play around with it and see how you feel. Remember, the goal is to make the most out of that session in terms of energy, focus, strength, intensity, that sort of thing. Um, when it comes to pre-workouts, I'm not going to talk about, um, you know, stimulants because really uh, that kind of gets into a whole different discussion about your neurotransmitters and that I could really do a whole topic. Um, the one thing that I will say is that um, cordyceps, one of my favorite, favorite supplements for pre-workout. Um, I specifically recommend that for like type one A's and one B's, but as a two A, it works really well for me. It's a, it's a mushroom. It's um, an incredible mushroom that basically increases your energy currency. 
um, you know, as shown in research by up to 18%, which is pretty cool. Um, something that I'm, I'm really excited about. I, I think I mentioned this on another podcast, but I had been, um, I, I found a company called Organifi probably about five years ago. And I started taking their stuff. They have an amazing line, um, you know, all like superfood blends, plant-based nutrition, like the highest quality ingredients. And I really just fell in love, like just as a consumer, um, had no affiliation at all. I was just taking their stuff and really enjoying it. Um, they have a product called Green Juice, which is like all of the essential superfoods. And they have a clinical dose of ashwagandha, which is my absolute favorite adaptogen in the world to help reduce stress to control cortisol, um, an amazing adaptation. Again, something that I recommend for almost everybody. So I started to pay attention and then I was like, why don't we bring something to my people? Because it's been like literally five years since I've been taking their stuff. I do their green juice just as like a, um, really as an insurance policy to make sure I'm getting in my veggie. You know, like I am a big believer in getting in enough quality veggies and an assortment of veggies, but I'm kind of, um, I'm somebody who I have my veggies that I like and I stick with those. So for me, full transparency, it's basically broccoli and cauliflower. I don't really stray much outside of those two things, but I know I'm missing out on a lot of it, of, of benefits in terms of vitamins, minerals, um, antioxidants, all the things that we get from a variety, like eating the rainbow, different colors and that sort of thing. So um, I use Organifi Green Juice as kind of my insurance policy. And they have a uh, travel pack. So anytime we go on vacation, like Mel and I will throw in these travel uh, little um, packets or whatever you want to call them. And it's perfect. Like that way, I know when I travel, I'm not going to get in as many veggies. And that again, just to have the green juice on hand, it's perfect. Just throw it in my water in the morning. And I feel like, all right, it's a great way to start the day kind of builds the momentum from there. Um, again, amazing ingredients. They don't have any fillers, none of that nonsense. It's like less than three grams of sugar. Um, you know, so if you're somebody who's like really wants quality, um, they're amazing. And then the reason why I started this whole thing is because of their red juice, which has cordyceps in it. So I do their red juice as my pre-workout. Now I do drink coffee. So I'll have about a cup of coffee in the morning and then I will have the Organifi red juice which kind of hits both. It's like the superfood blend, plus it has the cordyceps. And I feel amazing when I train in the morning. It's like the perfect uh, amount of energy focus uh, and obviously the added benefits of the vitamins and minerals that I'm getting with their kind of superfood blend. Uh, so those are like two of the main products. And then I also take the, they have a gold juice, which is like a superfood tea. I put in almond milk, I warm it up. It's like the perfect calm that has, um, I think reishi in it, um, but it has an amazing blend. I probably butchering the ingredients right now, but you can check it out for yourself because they have an incredible line of products and, and something that, again, I've been taking for five years and I would never ever mention something on this show that I don't personally take and believe in like wholeheartedly. So I was like, why don't we bring this to the, to the mind over macros community, to the pop community? It seems crazy that we haven't done this before. And I was able to negotiate an offer for you guys, an opportunity for you guys, where you can save 20% on your order from Organifi, which is pretty incredible. Like anything that they offer, their green juice, their red juice, their gold juice. They just came out with a new product called Glow. I've been taking their immunity product, which is amazing. Um, they have something for gut health, 
They have something for joint health, like literally whatever you need, they have it. So you get 20% off just for being a listener, which is pretty cool. So you can go to Organifi.com slash popfam, P-O-P-F-A-M, or just use code popfam um, at checkout to get 20% off. So it's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash popfam. Use code popfam for 20% off. I am beyond, beyond excited to be able to bring this to you guys. I'm, I'm telling you, just start with the green juice or start with the red juice for pre-workout. Um, green juice just to hit your you know, daily essentials of vitamins and minerals and to kind of uses that insurance policy, but check out their whole line. It's, I'm telling you, take my word for it. I have not steered you wrong yet. And I'm just pumped for this because you guys are going to love it. Um, amazing ingredient, ingredients, amazing company, somebody that, again, like I said, been taking for about five years and religiously, like anytime we're running low, we re-up. The gold juice is amazing. The green juice, the red juice. Um, I just added immunity into my repertoire. So highly recommend it. Organifi.com slash pop fam. Um, but yeah, so for my pre-workout, the, the red juice is like, it's amazing uh, just because it has the cordyceps. And that's something that I highly, highly recommend trying. Um, not only is it clinically uh, proven to increase the production of ATP, but you'll feel it. You'll just feel uh, a little bit more focused. You'll feel like your energy is at a better spot. So um, give it a shot and let me know what you think. Would love to hear your feedback. So that kind of covers like, I'm not going to get into the stimulant-based pre-workouts because a lot of that stuff is just caffeine. You know, you'll have some things with like beta alanine and L-taurine or, or things like that. But, um, you know, give it a shot, see what you think uh, in terms of the red juice. And then um, just stick in my, my opinion is if you like the stimulant effect, look to each their own, but I would say just stick with caffeine, have a cup of coffee, have your red juice and be ready to go. But that's kind of like the breakdown of the pre-workout, what we're trying to accomplish. Post-workout, the objective is, again, pretty simple. It is how can we optimize the recovery from that training session? Because remember, when we train, we are going into a sympathetic state. Our nervous system is amplified, our central nervous system, um, our muscles have been broken down, right? When we're lifting heavy weights, we're breaking down muscle tissue. So the repair process has to happen. Uh, your body doesn't know, by the way, when you do your last rep and the workout's officially over, your body has no idea. Like you're still, amp you're, you're still in that activated state. So your nervous system is still crackling. Your body is still trying to figure out what's going on, right? So it's not like you do that last rep and your body's like, oh, okay, cool. Workout's over. Now we can start to shift into parasympathetic state. Like you actually have to send that signal. So while I do think that the whole post-workout window of, of gains is way overhyped, I think from the simple standpoint of most of us have too much stress in our lives and we don't manage it well enough, that's the priority for me when I think about post-workout. How do we optimize body composition, performance, recovery, um, losing fat, building muscle, all the things that you want to do? Think about it from that perspective of we're always stressed and we need this opportunity to recover from an important stressor, which is training, right? If we can provide the proper environment for adaptation to occur, the adaptation is going to be favorable. It's going to be losing body fat 
or building muscle or performing better, getting stronger, right? All the things that we want to achieve. So that's how I view that post-workout window. The way to do that, right? Think about it. When you're training, we know that cortisol is going to be elevated. We know that adrenaline is going to be elevated. We know that the central nervous system is in that sympathetic state. So how do we shift to parasympathetic state? Quite simply, carbohydrates. We want to increase insulin because that's the shutoff valve to cortisol. We want to, in, we want to increase serotonin because that's going to help calm your brain down and shut off that adrenaline response. So carbs do both of those things. They increase insulin, they increase serotonin. Now, I also recommend protein because of the muscle protein synthesis that we're trying to facilitate that muscle protein turnover. We want, we just broke down muscle tissue. We want to rebuild it. Having amino acids present, um, flowing through the blood. Yes, that's going to help. Even though that window of gains is overrated, why not? If we're going to have the carbs, why not just put the protein in there too? Let it do it. Let it do its thing. Um, the more that you have carbs doing their thing, the more that the amino acids can kind of do their job. And like everybody knows, like, it's almost like you're, you're building a team, right? You've got the, the role players kind of doing what they need to do, not trying to overstep and do somebody else's job, which if you're just having protein, you're relying on just protein to do the job of carbs, that sort of thing. Um, so why not just give your body the best of both worlds and have protein and carbs post-workout to just shut off that training response, that sympathetic response from training, the stress response from training, and get that recovery process going optimally. Pretty straightforward. You don't have to rush it. So yeah, I mean, cool. If you can have a post-workout shake or a meal and it's after your workout and, and that's what you can do, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, for me, I get home from the gym and I make a post-workout shake and I pour that shake over some cereal and it's absolutely delicious. Um, that's just me personally. If you like to come home and make a whole meal and sit down and eat, that's totally fine. Also keep in mind that just like when you're done training, if you're like walking a little bit, like there's ways to calm down the nervous system without food, but food is a great way to do it. So, you know, going for a little bit of, of a walk or kind of having some uh, mindfulness in the, in the car on the ride home, just, you know, with your thoughts or whatever, um, anything that we can do to downregulate is going to be helpful, but we've got the nutrition kind of at our disposal here. So we might as well use it to our advantage. And that's what I think of with, with the post-workout. It's not this magical window. And again, focusing on the big picture is more important than just hyper-focusing on the post-workout. But those are really the two things that will help you. Um, I'm not going to get into intra. I know I mentioned intra, but that's really specific for people. And that's just a rabbit hole that I don't think is beneficial. Anyway, so that's how to make the most out of pre and post-workout nutrition, not to be confused with P-workout, which we don't care about. Um, although I'm sure that it's happened. We did a whole episode with Nicole about you know peeing when you're lifting. So maybe that's a topic for another discussion. Um, anyway, I hope this was helpful. As always, let me know. And don't forget to pick up your Organifi. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about that. And I will talk to you all on the next episode.